Good evening, y'all. It's great to see y'all tonight uh, to gather together um, for this wonderful feast of a wonderful saint. Her name is St. Francis of Rome. I want to focus on her in the homily. Um, she was a, a mother, a, a, a wife. I don't know if she had any kids. I don't think she did. Um, anyway, in the 1600s. And um, she was a very, very virtuous woman. She loved serving the, the, uh, the sick that were in the hospitals. And so she was always working in the hospitals uh, with her husband's blessing, of course. And then her husband died, and she became a religious nun. She started a religious community, actually, um, to be able to serve those who were the sickest, right? So if you're a nursing major um, or going into med school, she's a great patron saint. She was very, very powerful uh, in her ministry. But one of the things that I want to focus on was... Um, she had a wonderful gift. Whenever she became a religious sister, um, God gave her a gift, and it was that she was able to see her guardian angel 24 hours a day. And she could talk to him, and they would talk back, right? Wouldn't that be the coolest thing? You know, like you can see your guardian angel all the time. It would definitely make you stop from doing anything bad. That's for darn sure. Um, but she, she had the gift of seeing them all the time, and they would, she would speak to them. And... Um, and so I thought I would talk tonight about our guardian angels because I don't think we know them well and I don't really think we talk about them much as priests. Um, but they're incredible gifts to us. And so here's, here's the deal. At the moment of conception, in your mother's womb, two things happened, two actions on God's part. The first thing is that at the very instant of confession, God created your soul, unique and individual. He didn't have a storehouse of souls and go, okay, soul number 251, come see. You're going down into her belly now. Like, that's not what God did. There wasn't this filing cabinet of souls. So imagine how awesome you are. Like, at the moment of conception, everything you needed for your DNA was right there, and God instantly created a soul and infused it right into that womb of your mom. That's the first thing he did. The second thing he did was he gave you a guardian angel instantly. He didn't create that guardian angel. They exist. God created them once and for all. He doesn't just create new guardian angels because he runs out of them because we're populating the earth too much. That's not how it works. At the moment you were created, he gave you that soul, created the soul, and he gave you a guardian angel. This guardian angel is your best friend. They never leave you. Right? They're always with you. And whether we see them or feel them or even acknowledge them, it doesn't matter. They don't leave us. They don't forsake us. They're always with us. And whether you're Catholic or whether you're Jew or whether you're Hindu or whether you're Buddhist, it don't matter. you got a very powerful being on your side. Guardian angels are very, very powerful. There's nine choirs of angels. Different, different choirs of angels have different functions. So the lowest of the choirs is the guardian angels, and then there's the archangels. We know them, right? St. Michael, St. Gabriel, St. Raphael. There's other archangels. There's legions of them. They're your fighting angels. They're usually your warriors. And then it goes all the way up. The highest of the angels are the seraphim. And they're the ones you'll see pictures sometimes. They have like little chubby faces, and they have six wings. They pop out here, here, and there, right? looks really, really kind of cool. They're the ones that, that are in the sanctuary in heaven. That's where they are at. All the other ones do other things. And so they all have different functions, okay? There's thrones and dominions and powers and guardian angels and archangels and seraphim. So anyway, so you're guardian angels. So 
assigned to you. They're your best friend. Their job is to defend you against the enemy, right? So anytime that we struggle with sin, there's realities of which we don't see. There's spiritual realities the human eye can't see, but it doesn't mean they don't exist, right? And so there's good spirits and there's bad spirits. And so they see each other. They can see each other. We can't. And so what happens is whenever we begin to struggle with a particular sin, like say we struggle with anger, right? Well, that's, that's, that's a, a bad spirit that is attaching itself to us. And so all you have to do as you struggle with anger, just take a time out and say, my guardian angel, I need you to help me and defend me against the spirit of anger. So go through the seven capital sins, anger, lust, jealousy, envy, gluttony, pride, right? Sloth. Anytime you start feeling those, call on your guardian angel. They're waiting for you to, to, for us to just ask them for help. They're like, they're, this is their job. This is their mission. Imagine if that was you. Like if God gave you a mission and your only mission was to do that one thing, to help that one person, and they just never talk to you. They pretend like you don't even exist. They never call on you. They never ask for help. And you're like, dude, I got more power than you can ever imagine. I can smite anything. That's another thing, guys. Angels, super powerful. In the scriptures, when you read about angels, it says that there were like camps whenever wars were going on. And it says the angels would come and wipe out entire camps. Like, that's pretty incredible. They're powerful beings. And so they're here to help us get to heaven. Right? And you'll see your guardian angel one day whenever you get to heaven, right? And my guardian angel is going to have some tattered wings. I'm telling you. That little guy, keeps he's, he's in for it, right? Another cool thing that happens is whenever a priest is ordained, he receives a second angel, which is really kind of sweet. Um, but whenever a woman is pregnant, she's got her guardian angel and she has her baby's guardian angel. They're both hanging out together, Right? So that's just some really, really cool stuff. So angels can defend us against our sins. So call on your angels to help you out. They can help you study. I'm serious. I call on my angel all the time. I'm like, dude, you've got to help me out with this test. Give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. Give me retention of what I'm studying so that what I study may be for the glory of God. They want you to use your gifts and your talents for the glory of God. You're playing softball, there's angels in the outfield. Help me out, right? Angels, we just, we got to ask them to help us, right? The more we invoke our guardian angel, the more he's able, or he, quote, unquote, they're, they're not physical beings. They're, they're, they're angelic. They're like, they're like light, so to speak. Like, where does light begin and where does it end? Sometimes it's difficult to see that. They're just they're the supernatural being. So they don't have a physical body like what you and I have got. Um, we see them physically because that's how the human mind can comprehend them is through physicalities. But they don't look like us. The, the magnificent. Right? And so they're all over the Mass, by the way. Whenever we pray in Mass, we're constantly kind of invoking the holy angels. And one of the spots that we do it is... Um, I need my glasses. Where did they go? Don't get old. So one of the places that the holy angels are invoked 
is, uh, you know the part of the Mass where we're gonna, I'm going to say, the Lord be with you, and you're going to go in with your spirit, lift up your hearts, we lift up the Lord, let us give thanks to the Lord of God, that part of it. Let's check this part out. I'm going to say, after that little prayer, it says, and so, with angels, with archangels, with thrones, dominions, so there's four of the choirs of angels that we're invoking. With all the hosts and the powers, the powers is another one, that's five, the powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts. Or in Latin, sanctus, 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 right? What is that prayer? That prayer right there that we're praying is the same prayer that the angels are praying in heaven. Not just any angels. Those burning ones, those seraphims that I told you about, the ones that sit in the very sanctuary of God and they worship Him, that's what they're praying for all of eternity. They're chanting back and forth as they sit before the throne of God and they're singing, Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus. Holy, holy, holy are you Lord God of hosts. Your prayer at that point, the church is joining with all of the choirs of angels, specifically the burning angels, the seraphims, as they are in the throne of God. Their prayer becomes yours. What's coming off their lips is coming off of your lips. As we are joined together, this is so important, at that moment, we are joining together the church, triumphant, the angels, the, the saints that have gone before us, we're joining with the angels and we're joining with all of humanity in the church and we're singing one continuous praise of the glory of God. What we're saying here is what they're saying in heaven. Like that should freak us out and blow our minds. Because what's happening right here at that point of the mass is that heaven and earth are beginning to collide. If we could see the invisible reality of what happens at mass... We would never want to miss. Because heaven and earth collide right here. And this place is filled with the angelic powers. Beings that we cannot see with our own human eyes, but yet our heart can sense. But Mass is boring, Father. <laughs> no, you're boring. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it's what we put into it, right? It's what we put into the Mass. What we don't know, of course it's going to be boring. What I don't know, of course it's going to be boring. I could say, you know what, I think softball and baseball are the most boring sports ever. They go, Father, obviously you don't know anything about those sports. Well, that's true. That's why I would think it was boring. But the more you know about it, the more you interact with it, the more it becomes part of your very fiber and your being. It's like you can't live without it. You love everything about it. You want to watch it. You stay up late. You put in hard practices. Why? Because it's something you believe in. It's not something that's boring, right? And so the same with the Mass. The more we learn about the Mass, the more we realize how magnificent this gift is. There's no greater gift that Jesus gave us than the Holy Mass. So wonderful is this gift that heaven and earth collide in this moment. Now, if the holy angels could be jealous, which they can't, but if they could, it said that they would be jealous of us, of you and I. Because while they are in the heavens and they are seeing the glory of God and they are seeing all of this magnificence of God, they can adore Him, they can worship Him, but they cannot receive Him in the Holy Eucharist. Only we can.
They can be in the sanctuary and adore Him in the Holy Eucharist, and they do. They're in the little adoration chapel adoring Him. They're in every church you go to adoring Him in the tabernacle. But they can never, ever, for all of eternity, they will never be able to receive the Eucharist. That gift is for you and you alone, which makes you higher than the angels. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> so this is the great gift we have. The working of our holy angels. Ask them to help you pray the Mass. Whenever you get distracted in Mass, as I do all the time, guardian angel, refocus me. <laughs> help me. Help me to learn how to pray. Help me to pray. I'm confused. I'm, I'm anxious. Be with me and help me to pray. Right? They can help us. That's what they're there for. We just got to ask them. You know, and I'm sure you've heard tons of stories of people who've had encounters with angelic forces. I believe it. It's really cool stuff. Because sometimes God lifts up the veil for us, the mystery, and you might sense the guardian angel, you might feel their presence, or even the presence of a diabolical. That happens as well. It's just God's way of saying, yeah, they're real. There's a reality of which we don't see, but we one day will. But they're still here. And so I just, I beg you, call on your guardian angels, right? Ask them to help you along your way, to help you come to know Jesus more, to love him more, to help you to pray, to help you to increase in virtue. They love doing that kind of stuff. When you feel tempted, call on them to help you through the temptation. They are waiting for us to do that, right? It's their mission from God. And that's what they want to do. They want to bring us right back to God. So another spot that you use your guardian angel is at the offertory. So we say the prayers of the faithful. We're praying for something and someone. And then at the offertory, whenever we bring up our gifts, tell your guardian angel, who are you praying for in this Mass? Are there people that need your prayers? Always come to Mass with an intention. Somebody needs you to pray for them. Or maybe you just need to pray, I've got, I've got this troubling my heart, Lord. I'm offering Mass up for this part of my own life. I'm praying for my friend who's going through a tough time. At that part of Mass, whenever we're given the gifts, give that intention to your guardian angel and have them come and lay it at the foot of the altar. That's what they do. Don't just leave them empty-handed. <laughs> they, they want to help us in this life so that everything we do here is going to affect us and help us get up to heaven. That's their great mission given to them by the Father, is to help us get to heaven. So let's use our best friends. They will never leave us. And they're the most powerful that we could ever imagine. Let's not forget about them along our way. Amen?